Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. We never had a Christmas tree when I was growing up because we were, like, too Jewish. But now, what do you have in your home? I have a Hanukkah tree. It is not a Christmas tree. It, does it set ablaze and start speaking with the voice of, of Jesus? It does not. No. <laughs> no, but it does have Hanukkah menorahs, and it has the blue and white and silver. Rose. Yes, Fran? You are an innkeeper. Okay. Oh, is this the, a role the, the play? Year, yeah, yeah, yeah. The year is 4 or 5 BC. Wait, am I a man is, in this uh, scenario or no, a woman? I said you were an innkeeper, which okay, is Okay, but gen- what is the gender of the innkeeper? What do you think? Uh, I Male, because I, I don't think women were allowed to own property <laughs> at the, at, in BC. What? Yeah, maybe in BC, uh, women were not allowed to be. In. Okay, so I'm a male innkeeper. No, you are a you are a woman who has traversed a, the system. Okay, I'm a you girl are, boss. I'm a girl <laughs> yes. boss. You are, you are the primordial girl boss in the year 4 or 5 BC. Okay. Okay, are you leaving um, a good review at the inn that I, I own? I mean, how, how did you do? I mean, that's what I'm. this is what I'm saying is that when this couple shows up at your door and, and you basically told them that there's, like, no room, you, that does, you, I would leave a one-star review. That does sound like something I would do. I think that they were very entitled. Who? Who are we talking about? Mary and Joseph, of course. Oh, okay, so this isn't just a thought exercise. You are trying to set up the story of Christmas. Yes. Here on this podcast, you come on and you say, have you ever heard of Twilight? Have you ever heard of Taylor Swift? And I come on this podcast and I say, have you ever heard of the birth of Jesus Christ, Rose? Have you? 
I've heard of it. Mary, did you know? There is so much about Christmas that I don't understand as a um, very reformed Jewish girl who grew up in Boca Raton. So I'm very excited that today we are going to get into a discussion about religious Christmas and secular Christmas. So I guess like today we are fighting a battle in the war on Christmas. Yeah, well, what side are you on? The secular one. Yeah. This is Like a Virgin, where we give yesterday's pop culture, well, I guess today we're giving BC's culture AD's <laughs> takes. Uh, I'm, I'm Rose Damu. And I'm Fran Torado. So stick around. We're going to get into the birth of Jesus later, but right now we're going to talk about um, the birth of a bunch of tweets this week. We have a lot of things to celebrate and be joyful uh, about, as maybe the angels that came to Jesus would say. Um, Among them, the end of succession, (laughs) much to your joy and (laughs) tribulation. Girl, I just, I'm happy that people like succession, I guess. But I'm so much happier that it's over, so people will stop tweeting about it. And I understand that this is probably something a lot of people feel about things that we're interested in, that we talk about when Mm -hmm. they reach, like, critical mass. But I just am not interested in succession, and the way that people talk about it online has been super annoying for me. So I'm just really happy it's over, and I don't have to see tweets about it anymore but I do still have to keep clicking not interested on succession TikToks um, because I need the algorithm to understand that I don't watch it. You know, as a succession watcher, even I can empathize and honestly completely uh, empower you to hate on succession, anybody to hate on succession, because there are a lot of parts of the show that are of like middling quality and success. And it's like people treat it like it's like the second coming of like the departed or like of the best TV show ever created. Well, let's um, not give it more airtime than it already has. Uh, Something on HBO Max that I am more excited for than succession is the Harry Potter reunion that's happening on January 1st. Have you seen the trailer for this Return to Hogwarts? No, and I I love and support you, but I I won't. I won't be watching the trailer. You I will, won't be watching the special. You will be watching I, the special, I, I friend. We will no, be watching it together on New Year's no, Day in our rental house in I, Joshua Tree. I hope you I know that. I don't know about that. I don't know. Yeah, about that. I, we will take a break from our Lord of the Rings marathon to watch Return to Hogwarts. We'll see about that. Okay. Um. Are you? Are you um like and do you consider yourself an A twenty four girl? I I'm not um on film Twitter <laughs> per se. Okay. So I'm not I'm not going to maybe um know the ne- like all of the things about like what makes A twenty four a superior production company. However, I do like a lot of the things that come out of it. I think a fun tidbit about A twenty four in general is that they make a babillion movies a year, but they only market like fifteen to twenty percent of their films, and a lot of people don't know about like all the flop movies that they produce that no one has ever heard of. However, all of the amazing movies that they do, I always adore. Well, Such as the trailer that just came out with um, Michelle Yao, which I will be in the theater first day yes, when I see it. I, I'm very excited for that. I'm also super excited for The Northman. The trailer for that just came out. It's the mm. new Robert Eggers movie. He did The Lighthouse and The Witch, or The, the Vitch, depending on... The Vitch? The, the, the Vitch, depending on... The stylization of it. And it's like a Viking movie starring lots of hot blonde people. So Alexander Skarsgård, Nicole Kidman, Anya Taylor-Joy, 
And it, like, weirdly enough, kind of seems like a prequel for True Blood. Because <laughs> I don't oh, did really? you Did you watch True Blood? Uh, no, I didn't. You should definitely go back and watch it. But so Alexander Skarsgård, who plays Eric, the, like, bad boy vampire, his whole backstory on the show is that he was a Viking. And, like, there's one season where he's on this, like, quest for vengeance. And it, this movie is also about a Viking who's on a quest for vengeance. So maybe this is the Eric Northman origin story we've been waiting for. Um, but Nicole I... is wearing another amazing yet incredibly clocky wig <laughs> but also bjork is in this movie i think she's, what yeah i think she's playing some kind of soothsayer which what? which tracks that's crazy i did not i need to i need to watch this trailer yeah i'm i'm very excited you know we are kind of at critical mass of things being released right now it's like peak movie release mm-hmm. season peak tv season have you heard of this showtime show yellow jackets you texted me about it. I saw some tweets about it. I heard that it's making Showtime gay again. What's the gist? So it's a show about a um, high school girls soccer team um, who is on their way to a tournament and their plane crashes. And like in trying to survive in the wilderness, they become this sort of Lord of the Flies, like cannibalistic scenario. Um, oh, wow. And then so half of the show takes place during that time period, and then half of the show follows the survivors um, 25 years later, who are played by Melanie Linsky, who's, like, an icon. She's been in so many movies over the years. Like, she was in Coyote Ugly. She was in Ever After. Christina Ricci, Juliette Lewis, and Tawny Cypress. You know, so you know that they survived, but, like, not really who else. And there's, like, mysterious letters about people knowing what happened and it's just really good it is gay it's it's funny and dramatic i i really think you should watch it i think you'd love i I can't wait to figure out how i'm going to steal someone else's showtime access well i did Um, get a free trial to showtime so you can use my login Okay, thank you, because I've definitely already used my free trial of Showtime to watch, I think, The L Word. <laughs> I still need to to do an L Word watch. I guess we'll have to do Ooh. an episode on it at some point, because I've never oh, seen it. Oh, for sure. Um, it's definitely on the list. So, Rose, I don't know about you, but I personally, I'm just like always, always, you know, sitting around and waiting for a cis heterosexual man to tell me how to feel about queer representation. How about you? Yeah, it's my favorite thing to to talk about. Truly, well, my not to talk because thing. you know, like it's it's more something you receive. Exactly, exactly. So Aaron Sorkin, I don't know if you've read, um, was on the Sunday Times defending his decision to cast Javier Bardem, uh, a Spaniard, into the role of the Cuban Desi Arnaz, and he somehow transitioned into talking about straight actors in gay roles and how great i love when this conversation comes up i think once a quarter at least yeah it's 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 the best he he basically argues that like you can't act straight or gay and he says so this notion that only gay actors should play gay characters that only a cuban actor should play desi honestly it's the mother of all empty gestures and a bad idea well you know what else was a bad idea the television show the newsroom (laughs) Which oh is my God. the worst the worst thing I've ever watched. And 
I used to go over to a friend's house to watch True Blood, and we started watching Newsroom after when it started. And like three episodes in, we were watching Newsroom, and I stood up and said to everyone, I can't do this anymore. This show is bad, and I will not watch another moment of it. And I walked out. And from then on, every night, as soon as True Blood ended, I was out of there. I, I kind of want to get into the weeds here. I, I fucking hate that I have to explain this, but the truth is that like most people don't understand that there's a difference between someone who speaks Spanish and someone who is Latino. And like it must be said that Javier Bardem is white. He's he's not Latin. He's Hispanic, yes, but like he was only cast into this role because he's an amazing actor and because he has an accent. And but an accent does not Latinidad make. And Desi Arnaz was also white. Like he's like a white Tino, yeah. But more importantly, he existed during a time where he was like most certainly marginalized. Like people still consider Lucy and Ricky like the first interracial couple on TV, despite the fact that being Latin is an ethnicity, not a race, and Lucy and Desi are technically both white. Um, So, like, in my, like, humble opinion, like, I don't give a shit about, like, a white man playing, like, a different kind of white. However, given the background of who Desi was at the time and how that still was groundbreaking as a public figure, the role still should have gone to a Latin actor. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And like with the queer people and queer roles of it all, like the reason we cast queer and trans characters in queer and trans roles is because like we're making up for a century of like whitewashing and straightwashing and like how we are just always giving jobs to people that are not historically marginalized. The classes were like totally signing up to represent quote unquote. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the parts he's missing in all this is like it's not about acting a role it's about like a authenticity and b the fact that you know queer people and other marginalized folks don't have the same opportunities as white cis hetero people and like that is the reckoning we're trying to have speaking of authentic storytelling did you did you watch episode three of and just like that i did and girl (laughs) Uh, let's let's talk about the most shocking revelation of this episode which is that it was revealed that big did get vaccinated it was i must have missed that there's a moment where carrie is fumbling through his stuff and through his wallet and she pulls out big's vaccination card okay well that's interesting (laughs) considering how like covid like doesn't exist in and just like that like it's just over there's no delta there's no omicron it just ended i guess like spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched the episode no no we're no spoiler alerts like you yeah we don't take your life into your hands listening to this podcast not in my house um yeah i there's this whole like hubbub about the fact that big gave a posthumous one million dollar donation to his ex-wife natasha but honestly i thought it was gonna be like big gives like a one million dollar donation to like the rnc or he definitely he definitely does that um my my mom told me she has a theory that she thinks is true that big gave that money to natasha because either one or both of her sons are his children and i was like and i was like no mom it's not that's not what that's about like this story is a closed loop about like carrie processing her grief and actually you know i didn't like most of the episode but that storyline was my favorite part and it was the part of the show that felt the most like Sex in the City. You know, yeah. Carrie having to face the consequences 
of her bad decisions. That was the whole thing with her and Big and Natasha. Like, I just loved the reminder that Carrie is fundamentally a bad person. And sort of the, like, slapstick hijinks of going to Natasha's office and her seeing them in the window. And then, like, trying to get into the bathroom and spilling the coffee. Like, that felt very much like a Sex and the City episode to me. But you know yeah. what didn't feel like a Sex in the City episode was Che Diaz's comedy special slash, slash TED talk about gender. Um, I, yeah. like, who, first of all, <laughs> the, the people snapping in the audience was so <laughs> triggering to me, personally. So, so disingenuous. It's again, like, we said this last, but it's just like so many things where it's like, these are all car- cartoons of what people think queer and trans culture is. And they're like, literally doing a set, a set in, in, in quotation marks, because I didn't think it was very funny. Also, um, no offense, but like queer and trans people aren't going to stand up. Like it's not, no. not like stand up in mass. Like if this were realistic, the audience of Shay Diaz's stand up show would be probably mostly heterosexuals yes. and like white people. And that's why the, the material both in-world and out-of-world, feels oriented towards straight people. Because queer people people don't need to receive that. Yeah. And it's, like, so much telling rather than showing, which is, Uh like, really uninteresting and and just, like, bad TV making. Writing 101, truly. I I will say, I'm not defending that moment, but I was pretty enraptured by what is Shay and Miranda's first sensual moment i i am somehow here for it even though i i hate 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 shay as a character i also think that what's happening with charlotte's trans kid is something that i think will have a lot of cringe to it but also like i think that her reaction to her kid is pretty human and i think it's also hilarious that she immediately goes to like the cis gay guy in who her life invalidates and gives, like, her trans child's identity immediately yeah, gives the most transphobic response which is actually realistic i do hope that what's happening with miranda and shay is like part of why miranda has been set up so horribly thus far in the series yep. i did see something on tiktok where someone was doing an analysis of of this and like basically what they were saying is like Miranda's a very good example of this like breed of white woman who thought of themselves as really progressive in the 90s yep. and are now having to reckon with the fact that they actually are not that progressive um mm-hmm. and like that is being cracked open for them and mm-hmm. so I hope that in this romance with Che like Miranda kind of finds herself again in a way that is not like obnoxious and hard to watch because I I can't I can't see another stand-up set I can't do it oh absolutely not Uh, obviously also as we talk about culture and feminism and the kind of thinkers that created what how we kind of view shows like Sex and the City Bell Hooks did die this last week Um, An amazing feminist writer, philosopher, thinker um, who has, like, created leaps and bounds of, like, thought and work around, like, what it means to love, what it means to be queer, what it means to be femme, to be a woman. Um, And I think that, you know, whatever thoughts you have on Bell Hooks, um, you cannot deny that she had an invaluable contribution to how we talk about, like, love and 
beauty and community today um, and how it's all like an interactive process. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think that uh, as a, a, a little gaby who used to take classes at the Kidsy Institute, it was like so thirsty oh for... Sorry, sorry. I, I, that insufferable sentence needed to be said in the context of this. Like, Bell Hooks was one of the first, like, little packets that was, like, handed to me in a class. Um, and I'm really grateful for her work and for others like her. Uh, if virgins have never read Bell Hooks, have never engaged with her work, All About Love, to me, is the best book to start with. I think it's a really great introduction to the rest of her ethos. And uh, yeah, y'all really deserve to read some bell hooks this weekend. The Like a Virgin book club begins. Yes. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed, cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. 
This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, do you think you could, like, fudge your way through it? The nativity story. We can do it together. Okay. So, um, there's this person, Mary, I don't want to assume their gender. Oh, um, <laughs> oh okay, the, the PC police are in here. Okay. And, um, they are, uh, pregnant? Yeah. Um. She is pregnant. Okay, she's pregnant. Mary's a, a cis woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Allegedly, and she was white. Allegedly, that's what that's what big Christianity Mary, wants us to think. Mary, Joseph, Jesus—they were all white and cis for sure. Jesus was cis. Yeah, a cis white man. Okay, so Mary's pregnant, but it she didn't have sex with anyone. She yes, she said she was a virgin, but, but like she was pregnant. But like, did she lie? I yes. mean, I mean, listen, believe women, but also <laughs> sounds fishy. It sounds it sounds fishy. It's already, you know, a, 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 a ishy setup. What I never understood was was Mary because she's married. Mary's married to a man. I actually Joseph. don't remember if they were married, married or if they were like betrothed and like because because like have they know. is she fully a virgin or was this just this was a this was a virgin birth. So in the biblical retelling, it's like this hysterical pregnancy and like she's basically been birthed by God and the Holy. She's basically been impregnated by God and the Holy Spirit and uh, angels how, come. How did that work? Did she consent? I fucking hope so, but it did not make it seem that way in the Bible story. That's what I'm saying. So how did this um, she didn't get that because she was surprised. She was like, oh my god, I'm pregnant. Yeah, so like, how did the the god sex happen? Yeah, I don't know. That 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 part of the story is a little murky. Was it in me. a dream? Was it like... It sounds like Mary was actually re- like in her real housewives bag. She was actually just trying to stir the pot, and she was like, listen, I'm, pre- I'm pregnant, but I'm a virgin. And, you know, the room gasps. I mean, what if I came into the studio uh-huh. today? Yeah. And told you, Fran, I'm pregnant, but I've never had sex. Well, I, you would be surprised, A, because I don't have a womb. Okay. So, okay, so yeah, maybe this is like the, the you know, 2021 version of the Virgin Mary story. I walk into the studio and yeah. I say, Fran, I have been feeling really weird and... I, like, was having these symptoms, and the only thing, you know, I was doing that kind of movie thing where you yeah. Google all your, all your symptoms. Yeah, MD. And it was like, well, are you pregnant? And I was like, oh, of course I'm not pregnant. I was, I'm, I'm AMAB. Right. You know? Um, but just as a laugh, a uh, little ha-ha funny chuckle, I took a pregnancy test. Oh, my God. And it says I'm pregnant. Oh, 
my... What do you What do you do? What do you say if I tell you that? Well, I mean, I guess the first question I'm going to ask is, can I take you on a pilgrimage to, to Bethlehem? <laughs> On a donkey. That's the first thing you're asking yeah, in, this, in that, that situation? I, in this scenario, that is my primary concern. I also wonder what, if if this happens, what our producer Phoebe is doing. <laughs> well, she would be one of the one of the wise men, one of the wise thems. So Phoebe's one of the wise Okay, thems. are you bringing, uh, what, what gift are you bringing? Gold, frankincense, myrrh, what you got? <laughs> Phoebe is bringing plan oh, B. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear about this. Uh, if this does happen and I have a, you know, like magical trans pregnancy, yeah. I'm not keeping the baby. Do you know what? Not, not, not no. right now. Not until we're doing keep it numbers. But what if, what if a, a chorus of angels come to you in a dream and they say that your child is going to be the Messiah? That sounds like so much work, honestly. Like, I would rather they say... Oh, he's going to be a doctor. He's going to... She's going to be a fashion designer. They're going to be, um, you know, a a SoundCloud rapper. Right. You know, I don't want... (laughs) I don't want to have to deal with being the mother of the Messiah. (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. Also, like, that's pulling a lot of focus from me. Yeah, it is. It is. That's... I I would become immediately... That's, like, one of the main reasons I don't think I could ever have kids is I would be immediately jealous of the baby. Okay, so so Fran, um, in the in okay, I I want to hear more about okay about the you know the nativity. Yeah. So Mary's pregnant. Mary's pregnant. May may have been sexually assaulted by God. Yeah, may it's entirely possible. She also maybe is just trying to cover up a part of her story that you know she doesn't want out there yet, and everyone's like not res- respecting her boundaries on this issue. Um, they follow a star. Okay. To Bethlehem, a star, yeah, like a literal star. It's like the star. I get, it's like the North Star, the Star of Bethlehem, or like there's a star over the Holy City, and you follow it to get there, or something like that. I don't understand how that works. Yeah, I, it's in the the. Myth. I can barely follow Google Maps. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, how did they get this pregnant? She was probably like very, very young. Like, I can, I can, without directions, get to maybe three places in Los Angeles. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, one, one of which is the drive through Starbucks I go to every day. Uh-huh. The other one is your apartment. Uh-huh. And the third one is Target. Wow. And so I definitely could not follow a star to a city I've never been to. No, you can't. But, I mean, women can't drive. So that's, that's maybe part of the... Okay, let's move on. That's, I feel like, okay... They they go to the inn. They say there's no room in the inn. They say there's been some confusion over rooming here at Chiz. They decide to sleep in a barn because that's all they have available to them. And then I guess... So this is like, this has become an Airbnb situation. This is, this is, yeah, yeah. This is an Airbnb scenario. And they say, oh, I'm sorry, we're completely booked up for the night. But we have a guest house that on the Airbnb listing, it says it's the entire house, but it's actually on the property. And it's like... You know, you don't have any privacy at all. I hate that because, you know what, in my search settings, I always click the entire home button. When I first got on Airbnb, I used to do, like, the room, like, where you would sleep in the room of a household. And I would, like, sleep on in farms. And I actually made friends that way. It was actually kind of fun. But I would never do it again. You wanted us to do that. Remember when we were thinking about going away this summer? And there was, like, a guest barn or something that you wanted us to stay in? If it's a completely separate house and we we are days out from our vacation because we haven't planned property properly and we're looking at listings last minute, yes, I'm going to get a little 
desperate, but no, in an ideal scenario, we're not saying staying in a guest house. Okay, but Mary and her man. Yeah, Mary uh, and her man pulled were, up. We're fine with that. Pulled up. Um, and uh, and apparently, according to lore, so did three wise men and a bunch of animals and a bunch of shepherds and a chorus of angels. And what, how did they know what was going down? Well, Because um, they were wise? So the, uh, basically angels came to the wise men too and the shepherds. Uh, these angels were kind of like, they, they love to kind of like send, they love to kind of like stir the pot that way. You know, they were really into gossip. They love to kind of like, you know, make it their business to talk about everything that wasn't their business, basically. And so they came to Joseph in a dream. They came to the shepherds in a dream. They came to Mary in a dream. They came to the wise men, and they were like, this is the scenario. God looked at Mary and said, look, Mary isn't doing it like the other girls are doing it, and so she is going to have the Messiah because, like, this is her destiny. And the angels are like, okay, God, like, we got you. We're going to help spread the word. So Mary has the baby, and then they're like, this is... The son of God? Yeah. Well, I guess the wise men were supposed to basically... I guess they were they were hired by King Herod to scout out the Messiah and report back so that King Herod could kill him. Could kill baby Jesus. But the angel... Why? Because, Why do you want to kill baby Jesus? Well, because King... I don't know. King Herod is like trying to you know be a be a girl boss he's trying to you know really like establish his uh his authority and you know a baby messiah is really gonna like harsh his game is it because kings are supposed to be like god on earth and so they didn't want like actual god on earth i think so actually i think that's actually a big part of like the old the breaching from the Old Testament to the New Testament, there there were a lot of like dictators and kings and leaders that were like, "I'm holy, I'm God," yeah. And then God was like, "Let me pull up into okay. Mary's womb and show these girls what I'm made of." Okay, so more so than anyone, I kind of identify with King Herod. Okay, um, okay. And you know what I'm actually envisioning now is a, um. A nativity play in which I play all of the roles a la Cher doing West Side Story. Okay, okay. Which I think would slap, Is, honestly. There's going to be songs as well, I'm sure. Yeah. Of course, of course. Okay, that would be great. What would the songs be? Um. Well, would it be a jukebox musical of just, like, Christmas songs? Yeah. So but anyone specific who we should, like, do the, the versions of their Christmas songs? I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say Eight Days of Christmas by Destiny's Child, but that is because... Oh, right. You were telling me that that's, like, a really important Christmas album for you. And, like, I mean, not even just Christmas album, but, like, was very, like, important in your development. It really... It was one of those, like rare things that like broke my parents you know had a lot of wall cultural walls up but there were these you know rare things that would break through and my parents would be like this is okay actually i think my dad hated eight days of christmas but my mom loved it and so we could listen to that at home and destiny's child along with basically like every other r&b act from that time deeply deeply believed in god and talked about it all the time um, on all of their like red carpet whatevers, and so my parents were like, "Oh, they they dig with Jesus." It's called Destiny's. I think Destiny's Child is based on a, a Bible verse, right? I think I, I, don't I think know. the actual name is based on like something something Jesus related. Um, wait, is Destiny's Child Jesus? Wait a second, I'm gonna Google this. Destiny's Child. Oh, it comes from the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. Uh, the book of Isaiah. Okay. Okay. Anyways. So. 
Destiny's Child was like, you, so you were like not really allowed to listen to secular music. No, no. But Destiny's really. Child got a pass from your parents. Yeah, it got a pass. And it, but it, specifically the Christmas album. Specifically the Christmas album. It was the first time I'd ever listened to Destiny's Child or Beyonce, period. And then I think after basically memorizing this entire album as a child, I was like, hmm, Destiny's Child, pretty cool. Like, what else do they got going on? And then I checked out, like, Destiny Fulfilled from the library and, like, Astral Projected. And, like, I mean, basically, like, it it kind of, like, broke the mold of my childhood and I started listening to, honestly, a lot of Beyonce, a lot of Destiny's Child, and then um, other things that kind of broke through the mold. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I I think, to me, (laughs) I mean, this, this album in general, like, Eight Days of Christmas, is, like... So, um, I think people don't appreciate it as much as they should. I feel well, like I, ha- I certainly had never listened to it front to back, but because you said it was so important to you, I did. And it's a great Christmas album. Um, you know, the, I, I did, I was familiar with their version of Carol on the Bells, which oh. I, which I do think like is the definitive Carol of the Bells. Right, right, right. Oh, a.k.a. Opera of the Bells, Rose. Uh, it is, like, they they do really, like, show off what they do best in those, like, harmonic vocals. So beautiful. Um, I also really loved the line in um, Platinum Bells, uh-huh. where, where they say something like, we used to ask for dolls under the tree, and now the dolls are you and me. And I was like, the dolls... <laughs> They really they say, say that? that, yeah. Oh my god, that's Wait. songwriting, honey. That is songwriting. Not as good as um. Uh, I mean, my fa- one of my favorite songs is "Spread a Little." I don't know if I could pick a favorite, but "Spread a Little Love" is so good because um they say um, chilling with Rosie O'Donnell, having a good time. We clowning. Were they hanging out with Rosie O'Donnell? I I also I, what a weird thing to like drop in a song. I, maybe it just rhymed. Maybe they debuted the song on Rosie's show because Rosie's show was huge at the time. That's true. Maybe if, they debuted. If you it. weren't, you weren't someone. If you weren't on, that's quite Rosie. a commitment though to put Rosie like to name drop her on the album, like not just on her live show or whatever. Um, they also do give a nice little Hanukkah shout out in that song, which oh, I yeah. appreciated. Um, one thing I thought was interesting was like on their version of Oh Holy Night, it says featuring Michelle Williams, which I thought was interesting <laughs> considering Michelle Williams is a member of the group. So it's... I guess like that's the song where she was allowed to sing yeah. lead, but like <laughs> yeah. to not great effect. Um, like, you know how they talk about when people are wailing on songs and it's usually in a good context. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, she was wailing in a bad way. It did yeah. not, it did not sound great. Um, it's featuring Michelle Williams in that this is the only, the first and only time they'd let her sing. And then, yeah, she uh, was, the, it was the one song where she was the lead vocalist of the group. Um, their version of This Christmas is, like, kind of ravey. Yeah. It has this, like, very interesting production, which I really like. And um, the when Beyonce says, uh, shake a hand, shake a hand, y'all, <laughs> it sounds like she's saying shake a hand job. <laughs> which which de- I'm sure, like, really broke through to you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, I remember just, like, part, I would, like, read all of the lyrics, like, you know, on my fucking, you know, first gen, like, Mac or whatever. I, I loved everything about this album. And did you know that Solange I was, like, h- heavily across this album? And I think she wrote 
Not she, across. across. <laughs> using like corporate speak. She was. She was. Solange wrote a lot of songs for Destiny's Child um, and for Beyonce, actually. Um, but she, I guess she arranged their version of Little Drummer Boy, which is an annoying song, objectively. But Solange made it good. So what other Christmas music do you, do you love? Uh, I love a lot of sad girl Christmas. Like, I love, I love, like, Katy Perry's, do you remember, okay, do you remember the Hotel Cafe, the Hotel Cafe presents, like, all these, like, indie girls doing Christmas songs, and it was an album released exclusively at Starbucks? I don't, actually. What? Okay, all of y'all, this is also very important, Hotel, Hotel Cafe presents winter songs featuring the titular winter song by Sarah Bareilles and Ingrid Michaelson. You don't, you didn't experience this? Okay, so on this album is uh, White Christmas by Katy Perry, and she does a completely zero auto-tune, just Katy Perry and like a little, just like a a little melody, and she sounds kind of like very flat and very raw, and it sounds really good, honestly. Well, Katy Perry, you know, got her start as a Christian singer-songwriter. Yes, she used to date. Back when she was Catherine Hudson. She used to date the lead singer of Reliant K always comes back to Reliant K. <laughs> it really <laughs> always does. But Fiona Apple has a version of Frosty the Snowman on this album as well that's very good. So you're more into a um like indie acoustic Christmas moment? I love all Christmas music. Do you like the She and Him Christmas albums? I do. I do. I, too. I like Zoe Deschanel's <laughs> voice. I wasn't sure this if this was a safe space. No, to no, share no, that. no. It is. I, I, I also um, both albums. You know that. You know the Weepies. They have that I song, All That I Want. Weepies, yeah. Um. I mean, my Christmas music that I prefer is very poppy. Yeah, um, I love poppy too. I think the best Christmas album of all time is A Christmas Gift for You, the Phil Spector produced album that has like the Ronettes and like oh, um, uh, Darlene loves oh, White yeah. Christmas. Oh, and, I love that. And album. Baby, Please Come Home. Like that to me is the Christmas album. It's the one that I want to listen to. Like. The first time of the year that I listen to Christmas music, I want to listen to that. The last time of the year I listen to Christmas music, I want to listen to that. Then it's also, I mean, obviously all I want for Christmas is you, but really I think for the, in the past couple of years, Kelly Clarkson's Underneath the Tree has become my true Christmas slap. I I think it's an amazing song and an amazing album. I think that she really could be the queen of Christmas if we did not have Mariah Carey. You know what I mean? Yeah. I also do like Ariana's Christmas song. Santa Tell Me's great. Christmas and chill. Okay. As As a Boca girl, I love winter things because like that experience of living somewhere where it's warm during, you know, (laughs) during the holidays. Uh, She's from Florida, right? Yeah, she and I are from the same part of Florida. Wait, I didn't know she was also a Boca She's girl. She's a Boca girl. No, one of her new makeup line, one of the shades of something is called Boca. What? Okay, wait, sorry. You saying shades brought me back. I just have to say that um, in the Eight Days of Christmas, they say, um, on the eighth day of Christmas, my baby gave to me a pair of Chloe shades and a diamond belly ring. And I have thought about that line ever since I was a child. And last Christmas... As a Christmas present to myself, I did buy a discounted pair of Chloe shades on Essence. I love that. I think I, I've worn those Chloe shades they before. They look really good. They, They're yeah, really cute. They look really, good them, on, they look really good on me I, and on you. And it is no exaggeration that I bought them exclusively because of Eight Days of Christmas that's, and that album. That's so I never cute. would have bought them if, if it wasn't for that album. But back to your question, songs that I like. I mean, 
in recent, I'm not saying these are classics because in my opinion, and we disagree on this, no one has created a, a Christmas, a true Christmas classic since All I Went For Christmas Is You. I didn't say that I didn't agree. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, I just, I couldn't think of, uh, yeah, I, I can't think of well, one. You argued that maybe Underneath the Tree transcended, yeah, but people but, don't but, know it but it's a, it hasn't it hasn't permeated pop culture yeah. the way Mariah has. Like, I understand what you mean is that, like, All I Want For Christmas Is You is the Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, like, and it has only grown in popularity since it was released. And it is now, I think, up there with Winter Wonderland, Jingle yeah, Bell Rock. Absolutely. You know, like, it is one of the songs. Honestly. And it is maybe the song. Yes. Cla- classics are honestly far and few between. Before that, it was like, what, Last Christmas by Wham? Maybe in the 80s? Like, people are just aren't cranking out classics or you know guess, or lady gaga's out. um christmas tree <laughs> one of the worst songs she's ever written i'm period. but you know still still slaps should we do a live reading of christmas tree by by lady gaga if a you, live reading a live reading of, of the, the lyrics, lyrics? yeah okay. i mean if people are not familiar with the song i mean they should they know. could also just go listen to it right now the only place you want to be is underneath my christmas tree light me up put me on top let's fa la 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 Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way. It's getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery, but that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? 
a lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so obviously Christmas music, you know, like soundtracks, another huge part of Christmas for me, because as, you know, religious Christmas was the thing for you, mm-hmm. as as a Jewish girl growing up in Boca Raton, I didn't get to participate in any of that, and the only part of Christmas I got to have a part of was secular Christmas and, like, uh, capitalistic right. Christmas. Right, right, right. So, but, which I loved. Like, I loved... Christmas music, and I loved Christmas movies. Was it, like, frowned upon to... It wasn't in your family. Like, it wasn't frowned upon to, like, do Christmas things, was it? No, but it's just we didn't do it because we were Jewish. Um, But I loved Christmas movies. I loved Love Actually, obviously. Uh, Family Stone? Are you a Family Stone girl? Yeah, I did like it when it came out. I haven't watched it in a while, so maybe I'll need to watch it this year. You should rewatch it. When we we also rewatch The Holiday, we'll watch that. Well, The Holiday, I think, is my favorite contemporary Christmas movie. Yeah. And, um, okay, so earlier this year, it was really windy in L.A., and I was on the phone with my mom. She was like, oh, what's the weather like? She always asks me that, and I'm always like, it's the same every day. Mom, I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, but it happened to be very windy that day. And I was like, oh yeah, it's like really weirdly windy. And she was like, oh, must be, um, I've heard of this thing, the Santa Ana winds. And I said, yes, mom, I've seen the holiday too. And she lost it because like I clocked her so hard because I knew, because I knew that that's, that is the the absolute only way she knew about the Santa Ana winds because my mom, if there's one thing my mom's going to do it's watch whatever E is playing. And during the Christmas season, they play the holiday like at least twice a day, yeah, every day. Yeah, they're just cycling through Nancy Myers films until they get to Christmas. And, and, my, and my mom will watch the holiday like in the middle of the summer. It's I like used one to of her well. favorite movies. That used to be – I used to watch it so many times a year. That was definitely a favorite for me. It's it so still good. Is, yeah. It's so good. I mean, and Jack Black is – I don't know. I know. It, it, it is that really – it really sucks that – Kate Winslet ends up with Jack Black. It's disarming. It's and a, Cameron mean, Diaz gets Jude Law. But that was a part of the. That was. I a, think. I think honestly, they should have just like done an incest, and Kate and Cameron should have shared. Jude that would Law. have been really hot. Jude Law, not just Jude Law, but Jude Law wearing glasses. 
Oh my goodness, that really did it for and me. And you know, it makes sense. It, the The end of the movie makes sense because Cameron Diaz does have big stepmother energy. Yeah, she does. And so, so do I. Honestly, yeah, I can't. Wait, I can't wait to be someone's stepmom someday. Evil stepmom. Step, stepmom. Also, a Christmas movie. I've never seen it. Is that the one with um with Susan Sarandon and Julia Roberts? Oh, I've never seen that. I thought you meant um. What's the one where Julia Roberts wears the bob? Oh, <laughs> Mother's Day. Mother's Day. <laughs> Another seasonal film. Oh but, my God, I'm not, looking But at not this. quite what we are talking about. She's wearing this fucking bo- Who did that to her? Okay, but love the family stone, love the holiday. In my family, we were like a Tim Allen family, and so we loved the Santa Claus. My family obviously loved Home Improvement. Tim Allen, famously a Republican, um, talking about how it's really hard to be a Republican in Hollywood. Um, yeah. Not, Did, Santa Claus isn't it for me, but... Really? No, but Dr. Seuss's The Grinch Who Sold Christmas, starring Jim Carrey, I think one of the best films of the last 25 years. Of course, well, the moment when Christine Baranski comes out in her, like, nighty robe, and she's like, hello! Be- no, 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 she says, here's what she says, she goes, Betty! Hi! <laughs> Just oozing sexual energy. Like, how how did the movie's rating not get changed to an R because yeah. of Christine Baranski with her tits out her like that? Tits out, and there's isn't there a moment where someone like accidentally smushes sh- their face in like her tits? Yeah, how I think it's the PG? Grinch. Oh my god, that's crazy. That was like a whole. That's like a punchline that exists across like all of the rom coms of that era. Like someone accidentally falling into someone's cleavage. Betty. Hi! Hi. Molly Shannon in that movie. Taylor Momsen, who would go on to snap in Gossip Girl and as the lead singer of The Pretty Reckless. She's in Gossip Girl? Yeah, she's Jenny Humphrey. Little J. I've never seen the old... You've never seen the original Gossip Girl. We're going to do an episode on it. Well, also, Gossip Girl has some great holiday episodes. My favorite... Well, I I mean, I've really only watched the first three seasons of the original Gossip Girl. And the first season has an amazing Christmas episode. Really? Yeah. Okay, we'll watch the first season together. We'll we'll get it there. Um, I did the Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Jim Carrey's Grinch. Did that precede Elf with Will Ferrell? Yeah, I don't remember. Okay, yeah. okay. So then, to me, maybe Elf is like the most recent Christmas classic added to the canon. Because I would say, even though it's kind of a bro comedy, like Elf is like canon now. Maybe. Yeah, I. It's not really the movie for me. Although, is that kind of what gave us Zoe Deschanel? Yeah, it was her breakout role, and she's blonde in it. Yeah, famously, weird. She looks crazy, but and she the, sings. Yeah, she sings. And then there, there's this movie that came out recently called Last Christmas, starring Henry Golding and the Game of Thrones girl. Oh my god! And they borrow so many tropes from Elf. Like, I think she sings too, and like. Okay, so. Last Christmas, I I I saw like a press screening of it, and oh. and um, the moment where you find out that at the end, spoiler, that, spoiler, that okay, so the whole movie is about how Henry Golding is like in love with uh, Khaleesi from Game of Thrones, and, and Khaleesi is like this like and you know grumpy shop girl who hates. Christmas kinda and she's yeah, poor. And and he's a ghost, as you find out, and then you find out at the end that he died the year before and Amelia Clark had like a heart disease and 
she got his heart. <laughs> so it literally heart. the premise of the movie is is Wham's Last Christmas, where they say, Last Christmas, I gave you my heart. It sucks and so bad. It does, but also when so that bad. twist was revealed in the movie, but I gasped and then cackled. Rose. That is so dumb. But I'm I did. Stuck. But I didn't see it coming. Did you see it coming? I knew that he was a ghost immediately. But you didn't. Immediately. But, but, but you never thought that they would be dumb enough to actually make that. I okay, no, the, no, the no, twist. no. The, the, the lyrical, <laughs> the lyrical inspired twist is is next level twisting of like idiot culture. Like My, that um, is. But but the, to me, I I knew he was uh, he wasn't interacting with anything. And like the first scene, I was like, "Well, that's a ghost." My favorite part in the song "Last Christmas" is in the second verse when George Michael goes, "Merry Christmas." I wrapped it up and sent that it. That song is so beautiful. Carly Rae Jepsen's rendition of "Last Christmas," as well as Taylor Swift's rendition of "Last Christmas," both very good. I really like Taylor's Christmas song, which only came out two years ago, "Christmas Tree Farm," but she released a different version of it this year because Wait, I didn't see that. Yeah, it's kind of like an old-timey version, and it's like it's weird because like obviously she's doing all these re-recordings, but this song she owns the the you know she owns it. I didn't know that, but, but th- she still made another version of it because she's just on a roll, I guess. I didn't know that. Literally the other day, I was like, you know what, Taylor really needs to be cranking out some Christmas classics here. Like she really well, could she ha- do well, that. No, but she has. Um, well, this Christmas she only has on. one, you know, like canonical Christmas song. But she has a couple songs like "Tis the Damn Season," which right. are Christmassy. Well, but the thing is, she she needs to crank some more out, or Phoebe Bridgers is going to lap her because well, no. Phoebe has a okay, like no a, one, quite a few okay, no Christmas one, songs. Taylor's not going to be lapped by anyone. I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, I, I'm trying to. Taylor will do a Christmas album eventually. Better. Oh my god, I would lose my mind. I, Maybe when she's a little older. Oh, I forgot about Taylor's New Year's Day. Yes. That's a holiday song. It's a song. holiday song. Um, a holiday song. Not one of my favorites from Reputation, but I do what? love I do love Reputation. I don't love Reputation, but I do love that song. Um, yeah, I mean, the She and Him Christmas. Casey, Casey Musgraves has, a, like, two Christmas albums. I actually, I'm not a Troy Svon stan, but Glittery it's, with Casey it's, and Troy. It's cute. It's a really good song. It's a great song. It's cute. Okay, fine. You can undersell it. That's fine. That's fine. The war on Christmas was like, maybe not, my family wasn't so Bible thumpy that they were on the kind of like Megyn Kelly level war on Christmas conversation, but things like that, like, were a part of like, I mean, why, I don't know, there was like such a clash between like secular Christmas and Christian Christmas, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I guess I like never really understood any of that because... I grew up with Hanukkah as the winter holiday, right. and like, is I, there a I mean, capitalization I'm, of I mean, like, I'm already such a. My family is such a. We're my family. We are Reformed Jews, so like already we are like very separate from the religiosity of Hanukkah, hmm. and Hanukkah is not one of the big Jewish holidays. Like, it only really has been beefed up. So that Jews have something comparable to Christmas around the winter. Right. Are there any Hanukkah bops? Um, I mean, there's Adam Sandler's Hanukkah songs. Like, oh. that. that's it. Um, oh. Yeah. Han- yeah Hanukkah's just, like, Hanukkah's just not a big deal. And also, I think it makes it difficult that 
Um, the Jewish calendar is the lunar calendar, so Hanukkah is different every year. So this year, Hanukkah Hanukkah starts today, which right. is the Sunday after the Thanksgiving. Day we're recording. Well, that's crazy. I I like the years where it coincides with Christmas, but also like it doesn't matter because Hanukkah is not. It's not it. It's like not my favorite Jewish holiday is Passover, and and Passover is like probably one of our most important holidays, and because it's in the spring of the Prince of Egypt. Yes. And its impact on the we, culture. We do both love the Prince of Egypt. That was, like, a huge, again, one of those things that, like, bridges the mainstream and, like, you know, where I was at the time. But they were all so hot. And they had big titties. You know, my family, we would watch it as a family, as, like, a group activity. And we'd be like, oh, my God, this is such a beautiful retelling of a Bible story. And I was just, like, horny. Because, like... Joseph and, like, all these other girls have, like, you know, big titties. They never skip chest day. They all look incredible. And isn't the casting for this... Wait, I need to... Michelle Pfeiffer's in it. Sandra Bullock, Val Kilmer. Yes! Wait, wait, wait. It's, like, an insane, like, list of people, I remember. Martin Short. Yeah, Martin Short. Ralph Fiennes. And Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Danny Glover. Patrick Stewart. Steve Martin and Helen Mirren. Wait, who got all these? Not only did they get all these people, but they also got Mariah and Whitney to record their first and only duet slash performance together. I wish they'd done a Christmas song. Yeah, it's actually a shame that, I mean, Whitney does have a really beautiful Christmas album, but I don't think, this is such slander. I don't know if Whitney had a song that really popped through Christmas culture the way so many of Mariah's did. Not to pit them against each other, but I just did. <laughs> yeah. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning is connecting with people in an unscripted, unvarnished way is getting to to say something to them, hear back from them, know that I'm part of the routine. And I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. I never thought I'd take my three young kids to Sicily to solve a century-old mystery. 
But that's what I'm doing in my new podcast, The Sicilian Inheritance. Join us as we travel thousands of miles on the beautiful and crazy island of Sicily, as I trace my roots back through a mystery for the ages and untangle clues within my family's origin story, which has morphed like a game of telephone through the generations. Was our family matriarch killed in a land deal gone wrong? Or was it by the Sicilian mafia? A lover's quarrel? Or was she, as my father believed, a witch? Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. When the Taliban banned music in Afghanistan, millions were plunged into silence. Radios were smashed. Cassettes burned. You could be beaten or jailed or killed for breaking the rules. And yet, Afghans did it anyway. This is the story of how a group of people brought music back to Afghanistan by creating their own version of American Idol. The danger they endured. They said my head should be cut off. The joy they brought to the nation. You're free completely. No one is there to destroy you. I'm John Legend. Listen to Afghan Star starting May 15th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. get Christmas presents growing up, even though you celebrated Hanukkah? No, like, I got, were there... no, I got Hanukkah presents. Um, what I think, like, the, the holiday gifts for me were always demystified because I always, like, asked for something very specific and got it. Ooh. So there was no, like, element of surprise. Um, and to this day, I, I'm just bad at gift giving. I try, I, I really... I really love to give people things, and and I love to give people things that they want, but it's really hard for me to figure out what that is. So I have been actively trying to learn into it, and, like, I I keep a running list of gift ideas, both, like, things that are, like, specific to people and what they will want, and also just, like, general things that I think will make good gifts for the people that I want to give gifts to. Sometimes inspiration does strike me, and I'll, like, know what to get someone. Like, for your last birthday, I got you a bathtub projector, and that's something that I had, like, thought of months before. And was like, oh, that's the perfect gift for Fran. Right. But it's, it, you know, I hold space for that. You are a product of your upbringing. That's not your fault. There, there are really two kinds of households when it comes to the gifting process. And there are households where it's like, here is the list. I This is what I will expect you to deliver on these exact gifts because they're on my list or you you just get a gift card or whatever and then there are the families like mine that are like we need the surprise and delight and the element of surprise and yeah yeah at a certain point my my mom just started giving me money to like buy myself something i wanted sure um 
I also, think actually that is so antithetical. Actually, to today, household actually like today, she I like sent her a, a, a an essence link to a bag I wanted, and she was like, "Okay, I'm going to send you money so you can buy it." No, um, blasphemous. Okay, listen, parents, but, but out you, there, but oh, say what I you're going to say. I need PSA. If you are a parent, please bestow the true meaning of Christmas, which is surprising gifts, gifts that that transcend what they thought they wanted. From Christmas. Like, they didn't even know they needed the thing that you are giving them. That is what it means to give a good Christmas present. That is a true meaning of Christmas. Um, Fran, you are an amazing gift giver. I am. And I, last Christmas, you gave me the most... Last Christmas, you gave, last Christmas, you gave me your heart. Your heart. Um, uh, my heart, as well as. No, but last Christmas, you gave did give me a weapon, which is the best Christmas gift I've ever received. Yes, I got you a taser. You got me a taser, which I immediately tried to use on both you and myself. I have video footage, yes. Um... Yeah, maybe virgins. We will post the the, the footage so maybe, you can see. Maybe and um, it was a pink taser. It was a girl boss taser. And and virgins, let us know what are some of like the the Christmas gifts or holiday gifts that you've gotten that have stuck with you. Yeah. Like, or if you have any weird rituals around gifts, like my action figure rewrapping. Um, if you've ever gotten a weapon, I would love to know. I did apparently find out. Okay, so over Thanksgiving. My sister-in-law's parents, my sister-in-law's mom was telling me about these superstitions that their family has, which is um, you can't give people anything sharp as a gift because it's bad luck. So you like... I've never heard that before. So like you could never um, give someone like a knife set as a gift. (laughs) And to me, a set of knives is like the best thing I could get. You heard that and you went to all the presents you'd bought for people this year. And it's just these knives. It's just, it's just loose. It's just loose knives. (laughs) Yeah. A box. It's a, it's a tote bag full of loose knives. Razor blades. Yeah. 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 Candy and razor blades. Um, I mean, <laughs> I should, maybe I should, well, that just gave me an idea for your Christmas present this year. I would love to know, Fran, what is on your Christmas list this year? You know, Rose, the only thing on my list this year is unconditional love from you. Well, you have that from me. Oh, do I really? Yeah. Oh, Rose, thank you. That's the true spirit of Christmas. You were one of the few people who I love unconditionally oh. for now. Oh, that's so very. So I guess it is. So I guess it is conditional love because it's unconditional for now. (laughs) This this is you, you descending the staircase as Taylor Momsen singing "Where Are You Christmas" to me personally. Oh my God, Faith Hill's version of "Where Are You Christmas" slaps. Which the the music video is on the DVD, and I have watched that shit so many times. I already got one of your presents. I'm very excited about it. You're getting me something? Oh my god, I did not expect that. Shut up, shut up. There's like, you know, some clothes I want. There, a lot of times I, like, things that I wouldn't buy for myself, but... um... That is, I think, the essence of buying a Christmas gift. It should be something that you know the other person will like, something that they will actually use, and something they wouldn't buy for themselves. And but the layer that I put onto those prerequisites which i think that is a very good like you know thing like a list of things that you need on a christmas gift is something that they maybe would not expect i think it's yeah. it's good if you can evade like what they think their gift is going to be i mean the worst gifts to get are things that they're they don't want aren't going to use right. um like you know getting someone like um you know a 
gross candle. I mean, candles are great gifts, but getting them like, well, actually, I'll take any candle. I'll take literally any candle. Um, yeah. But I already have way too many candles. Please don't get me a candle. No, like don't get, don't get people gift cards, even though I will probably get my whole family gift cards. Oh, that is the worst gift. Um, I will get things sent to my parents' house and it'll say, this is Franz, do not open. Like on that, that's like what I fill out on the like address line. It says like Franz do not open, and they know that those are gifts. Um, my mom like brought up something that I had hadn't thought about, which is I have a nephew who just turned a year old, and now we have someone in the family that we can do one present a night for again. Like that is the baby. Yeah, that is baby. But the baby's not going to remember these. I know, but it's like it's not about that. It's about like the experience and and um. If I had kids, I wouldn't get them fucking presents. Before um, they have, like, cognitive, you know, memory. Like, that is the one nice part of being a kid during Hanukkah, is getting one present a night for eight nights. Mm, that is beautiful. Um, Did you ever have, like, a bomb-ass Hanukkah present on the eighth night? Or one of the nights where you're like, I cannot believe I got this? Because for me, it was maybe N64 and the Harvest, the game of Harvest Moon that they bought for me. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, No. No. <laughs> No. Wow, maybe I'm going to have to get you a Hanukkah present this year. That'll blow your blow your tits off. <laughs> I don't know. I I would actually if you blew my tits off, I would like a new pair of tits. No. Oh, that is actually a great present. Is if someone got me just a, a just a little baby rhinoplasty. Yeah, no. If uh, what I would love for Okay, here's what I want for Christmas. I want you to kidnap me, put me under anesthesia, Get me uh, breast implants, uh, uh, facial feminization surgery, oh my God. Um, and an orchiectomy. And I want to wake up two weeks later, like, most of the way healed. That is... Okay, I want my bofaroplasty. That's when you get... You make your face more symmetrical, I guess, as I've Googled. This this all sounds great. I'm very in the... How would that, that be gifted to you? I guess that through the kidnapping. It would, it would be kidnapping. Yeah, and you would pay for it. And I would pay, you would front the cost. Yeah. We can't use your insurance or... I, no, work no, with your out, insurance out of, providers. no, out of pocket. Out of pocket, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's I don't... No co-pays, baby. No. Um, a good Christmas gift I usually, the past couple of years, have gotten for myself is uh, fillers and Botox. If you got me a vial, half a vial... For Christmas, that would be an excellent present. That is a good present. Yeah. How how much is half a vial even for not you for can, filler? You, you, it's you have to pay per syringe. Right, right. Per syringe. So a syringe is like what five hundred? A syringe. The place I go is like four hundred. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to do some research. Um. What else have I? What else do I usually like get myself for the holidays? I did. Um. I think the gift I'm gonna give myself this year is I might finally block. The guy that I went on one date with a couple years ago who now replies to every single one of my Instagram stories. That is um, the worst, the worst genre. Either with, like, the fire emoji or, like, if I'm, like, at a restaurant or something, he's like, why are you there without me? Like, we went on one date. I had a— One date three years ago. One time— Stop it. I had a horrible, horrible date with an extremely hot— We didn't even hook up. Wait, really? Yeah. Did you make out? No. What? Yeah. Wow, you really, you really made an impact on this guy. N- I did. Yeah, but that's that's, that's he a, didn't shoot his shot, and that's not my that's fault. And I don't know why charm. he's I don't know why he's now, a, like, forced this like, uh, synthetic digital intimacy well, on me. But I think it's because you have like you know reversed intimacy styles, re- reversed intimacy styles. Because like in your head, if you don't have sex 
on the first day or interaction, it's basically like a, it's like, I don't even, you know, it's, you don't want to have, have anything to do with it. I feel. Sometimes. Yeah. 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 I think that's what happened in this case is you were like, oh, you're trying to make things. And I was like, there we go. Um, because like, you know, we I didn't even, like, blood. we didn't even kiss. But you were, you weren't just, you just weren't into it. Um, no, I was, he just didn't shoot his shot. Right. Yeah, I I I need guys to play offense. I I can relate to that. I mean, no, I'm I'm fine like being the aggressor, but I remember he like I think he maybe had an early flight the next day and like that's why he didn't try anything. Oh. And then he like moved right after that. Oh. And then I moved and then it was a pandemic. Casey Musgrave started. But like none of this even matters, but why like uh, it's just I'm now spending more energy on this than it even deserves. I went on one terrible date with a very hot masseuse. A very dumb, very hot masseuse. One of the worst dates I've ever been on for so many different reasons. He And then he ghosted me. Like, I even tried to hang out. Like, I have a follow-up to this very bad date because he was so hot. Because I'm pathetic and I don't like myself. We We never, you know, meet up again. Months later. Months and months later. He replies to one of my Instagram stories where I'm watching Drag Race, and he says, can I borrow your Paramount Plus password? And I was like, the audacity of this man? That's crazy. That is, this is the genre of person we're talking about. Um, one gift, a good thing to gift yourself is Christmas sex with someone. <sighs> I've never had Christmas sex, I don't, I don't think. Oh. I've never, nor have I gifted that to myself. What is that? Just you go on Grinder and you... You kind of yeah. Like, you just like make it happen. You set it up for Christmas. I don't do that. I li- I like someone to set it up with me. I don't. I don't like being the person that has to. But no one ever approaches me. My mom says it's because I'm intimidating. You are intimidating, but no, like you don't. You don't. You don't think you are, but you are. No, no, no. Not in like a grinder space. I think in in many spaces. Really? Yeah. Wow. I I would never. Well. The, the 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 virgins can uh, decide for us in the comments. Is Fran intimidating or not? Let us know. Do you think I'm intimidating? <laughs> yes, Do you think I'm intimidating? Everyone knows you're extremely intimidating. Well, we talked a lot today about Christmas movies, and next week we're going to be talking about something that is technically a Christmas movie, but I but I don't think people really think of it as one because it mostly just takes place during the Christmas season very incidentally. Mm. But next week, our last episode of the year, we will be talking about Moonstruck. Which is an extremely important film for both of us, so all y'all better do your homework. Okay. Yeah, so so please stay tuned. Watch Moonstruck. Um, Get a makeover if you have a chance. Of course. And, you know, this week we did, we had some potentially contentious takes about, like, Christmas classics in the movie and music space. So if you feel a type of way about why a certain movie or, like, uh, an album or something belongs in the canon, I actually would really like to know from y'all. Also, as always, you can call us and leave us a message at 323-PENANCE. That is... 323-736-2623. Tell us about that thing that you are still so obsessed with that if you find out someone in your life doesn't really know anything about it, you have to tell them about it. Like this podcast. You have to tell all your friends about this podcast. Which, yeah. by the way, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
I'm your co-host, Fran Torado, and you can find me at FranSquishCo wherever you want on social media. I'm Rose Domu. You can find me at Rose Domu on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to Like a Virgin anywhere you listen to podcasts. And as Fran said, leave us a review. Like a Virgin is an iHeartRadio production. Our producer is Phoebe Unter with support from Lindsay Hoffman, Julian Weller, Jess Cranechich, and Nikki Etor. See you next week, virgins. Bye. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.